We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome everyone to the week eight edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends, our circus sports. Uh, we're talking waiver wire pickups, a few hot running backs, obviously the situation last week, which felt like five different backfields with three different candidates has resolved itself a little bit. Uh, and there's been a few injury complications that could add to it further. We'll get to those running back backfields, a few tight ends that are more attractive waiver wire pickups too. Before we do that, let's hit our music here, here real quick. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by Circus Sports. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter. You can follow Jake at RotoJake on Twitter. We're talking week eight pickups, and we are continuing the trend that we set last week, which is identifying, I think, the top waiver wire pickups mm-hmm. uh, in both of our minds. We'll disagree on a few of yep. them, and then discussing on the situations yep. a little bit further. So, yep. And let's I, not beat around the bush here. Last week was a flop, right? But we warned you guys right from the beginning, right? <laughs> Because uh, the biggest pickups, of course, revolved around Christian McCaffrey and play Christian McCaffrey playing, yes. and uh, you know we, we kind of booted the Monday Night Football recap from the segment. But he played just about every single offensive snap for the 49ers. So Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, all those guys completely irrelevant. The Rams backfield was completely redone, and I think that's a good transition into. Um, I think we have the same top overall pickup this week, right? Yeah, it's Daryl Henderson, who was a practice squad call up for the Rams. Mm-hmm. We had gotten an inkling, I want to say Friday, because I, I did the SiriusXM show with Mario and we had a quote from Sean McVay that outlined all four running backs and all four, and we'll get to them because they all matter here. Daryl Henderson, Royce Freeman, Zach Evans, and of course, Miles Gaskin. And in that list of running backs, it was Daryl Henderson that was mentioned first. And it goes back to Mm -hmm. what you said last podcast with Elijah Mitchell. And that when asked about Jordan Mason, Kyle Shanahan deferred to to Elijah Mitchell. It, It felt like the same type of thing, even though the comments weren't all, uh, Rosie and positive for Daryl Henderson. It was that he was mentioned first of that group. Mm-hmm. And then yep. it was Royce Freeman. And lo and behold, that's exactly how the backfield paid out, played out. I saw multiple people put together essentially 30 to 40% bids on Zach Evans thinking, Oh, sexy rookie. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to get the workload. We have miles Gaskin, a proven veteran with the dolphins. Yep. Now with the 
the Rams, and yet it was Daryl Henderson from 15 years ago. Yep. I feel like Daryl Henderson was in the greatest show on turf. That's mm-hmm. how old he seems to be, the, uh, yep, starting exactly. right back for the Rams. The one good piece of advice that we did give out, uh, especially in that show, was when it came to fab bids, you don't really need to bid any more than $9 on any one of these guys because chances are 10 people aren't going to be trying to pick up running backs and somebody's going to emerge over the course of the week. This week, it was Daryl Henderson. We can elaborate him on him a little bit more. We had kind of hinted Royce Freeman, too, um, but really it was Daryl Henderson, more snaps, uh, twice as many routes, uh, targets, um, you know, just across the board. It was Daryl Henderson that was the back to own in L.A. And we still have a couple more weeks of uh, of Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers on IR. So That's it looks the big like, one. Kyron Williams, yep. we did not anticipate going on injured mm-hmm. reserve, and he did Saturday. So it means four weeks, so now we're on three, and at least three for Ronnie Rivers as well, too. That matters because it's not just Daryl Henderson, but I think Royce Freeman in deeper leagues that has some value. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you right now, head honcho Peter Shanky, who denied my request. Uh, for trade for Royce Freeman. Freeman <laughs> does have value. He's He might not be valid uh, in the sense that in 10-team and 12-team leagues, he's super valuable, but 6.6 and a half yeah. point PPR setting last week, and he got mm-hmm. a decent amount of touches I as mean, well. I mean, I just started him in a 16-teamer. You yes. know, it, it happened, right? I was fine with six teams during bipocalypse when we had, you know, what, six mm-hmm. teams out on bye. Oddly enough here, we we managed to have buys week 14 of the NFL season, but, but there are no week. buys week 8 of the NFL season. So that yeah. affects things a little bit too. But before we get too sidetracked, uh, your number two pickup, Joe. Yeah, my number two pickup is Dalton Kincaid, and this matters to me uh, with it, – it appears Dawson Knox is going to be out for a little while. I don't think they mm-hmm. put him on injured reserve yet, yes. but we're transitioning to that point. Now, I want to be clear – I, I get annoyed sometimes, and even with us, right? Our, our threshold for mentioning players is under 50% rostered. I play in 15 leagues. I would imagine Dalton Kincaid is a free agent and maybe one of them, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I play in some deeper leagues, but even in 12 team leagues, he's probably picked up. I'm mentioning this because I think Kincaid, rest of season, is a guy that I would acquire, uh, a guy that I think will be a top mm-hmm. 10 tight end. And you saw what happened last week when Dawson Knox was out, that there was a lot of production involved. And I assume mm-hmm. we're missing multiple weeks of Dawson Knox. And even if and even if he's only out, let's just say two, this is a first-round pick. The Bills need to yeah. make that work. Exactly. Unlike the Chargers, the Bills are mm-hmm. a smart team, and they <laughs> will get their first-round picks involved in their offense. Yeah. So I like Dalton Kincaid. No, I actually flirted with putting Dalton Kincaid as my number one pickup because I think there's rest-of-season utility. A lot of the rest of these guys that we're talking about have pretty short-term utility, but I think there's a rest-of-season utility for Kincaid um, because you know we've got Knox out for a couple weeks, and this is the first time they finally used Kincaid against the Patriots You know, to his full extent, eight targets. He caught all eight of them for 75 yards. So we've seen that he can do it, and now he gets the opportunity here. You know, There's not really... Obviously, Stephon Diggs is a target you know, hog, right? But there hasn't really been a real good wide receiver to emerging from this offense. Gabe Davis has been pretty disappointed as has the rest of that receiving core nobody that you can rely on starting week to week from a fantasy perspective and the last thing I want to steal a point from Kevin Payne in his uh in his column the Bills defense does not look good they're down several of their best players now this season here uh so we can expect them to be in a few more shootouts and uh you know I feel great about my my Allen Diggs stacks but uh Kincaid will get get himself some in, in those situations as well yeah he's going to be a more reliable wide receiver too than Gabe Davis who's got all the three down touchdown potential in the world, but it doesn't always translate game to game. So I think Dalton Kincaid is, again, somebody I'd be happy to acquire. I was talking about this with a friend earlier. It's crazy how all the rookie tight ends have more or less delivered on the hype that we were anticipating. Obviously, Sam Laporta, Mm -hmm. already a top seven tight end. I think Dalton Kincaid, rest of the season's Going to be in that same vein. We've said Michael Mayer. Yeah, who's Mayer a, was a little bit of a letdown this past week. Yeah, but I'm still, but I'm still, still fine you, with him rest of the season. Hoyer was terrible this week. 
Yeah, Hoyer, Hoyer was really bad. Luke Musgrave, also a bit of a letdown uh, when but, Kareem Jackson wasn't letting yeah. him down literally in the field. Yeah, but exactly. Mus- he got four games for that hit, too. by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like Dalton Kincaid again, rest of season. Mm-hmm. Jake, your number two is different yeah. than mine. Well, do you want to hit the guy that – there's one more guy that we both have in common first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's just, let's just touch on Josh Downs because it looks like Gardner Minshew has found himself a favorite receiver. Now, uh, you know, this offense was always thought to be kind of a run-first offense mm-hmm. that maybe couldn't support more than one fantasy receiver, but, of course, that was uh, proven wrong this week. Uh, my, uh, Michael Pittman got his, um, his fantasy week redeemed with that late touchdown here. And Gardner Minshew, who I had, I had actually cut him in two quarterback leagues because of yeah. a tough bye week decision. Um, and because of the next matchups he has. Um, but then he came out and looked good against what I feel like is one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the league here. And Josh Downs is, is his guy, and that's somebody that uh, clearly uh, has utility rest of the season as well. Yeah, I have no idea what to make uh, week in and week out of the Colts and Gardner Minshew, but I think Josh Downs, especially in full-point PPR leagues, is here to stay. He was my number three waiver wire pickup. You had him at five, which is totally reasonable as well. I think if you need a receiver – that's the first one I'm typing into the search bar. Uh, I'm not even looking anywhere else. And and then from that point forward, we're kind of going through the rest of these names, whether it be Kincaid and you know, the, the flex area or other pieces out there, not just tight ends or receivers. So mm-hmm. uh, your number two, uh, we our cover yep. boy. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had to throw Zeke Elliott in there, right? He's now had he now has a two game touchdown streak. He had six red zone carries this this week which is noteworthy for me. Um, you know, his usage has been pretty consistent. He's still behind Ramondre Stevenson. He's still not really getting a ton of uh, looks in the passing game, or at least not as many as Ramondre. When they had to do the game-winning drive of the Patriots, Ramondre was out on the field. Ramondre was catching passes, even even though maybe one of them he arguably should have dropped. Whatever, it, it worked out in the end for fantasy managers and Ramondre Stevenson. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott's the red zone back, and he's it's kind of a cop-out. He's 46% rostered, so you're not going to see him in too many places. But um, he is somebody that I finally conceded should be owned in fantasy football. In a, I guess like in ten team leagues, that's what we're talking about. Ezekiel Elliott. You mentioned he's the red zone back. That's great. How many times rest of the season the Patriots really getting to the red zone all that often? Right. We we just talked mm-hmm. about this off air. How many games rest of the season the Packers winning? You were like, oh no, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to win a few games. Like no, they're awful. They're an awful team. So mm-hmm. are the Patriots. The Patriots are really bad, and I don't know if I really want. I want the red zone running back in a really bad offense. Otherwise, just give me AJ Dillon. Right. It's the same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I guess in that in that um, vein, would you rather have? Uh, both Latavius Murray and Devin Singletary over uh, over Ezekiel. I Elliott. want nothing to do with Singletary ever, ever. Uh, but I, I okay. would take we'll talk Latavius about that Murray a little bit later. That. Yep. All right. So I've got four of mine out of the way. I guess I'll just hit my last one. Uh, we'll take another L last week. Uh, you know, uh, oh. Keontae Ingram was used a lot uh, last week, and he was used zero on offense this week. It was back to the Amari Di Mercado show again. This is kind of a short term um, situation because of. Uh, James Conner eventually coming back, but uh, DeMarcado is RB1 in Arizona, and, uh, you know, there, there is some utility in that. Yeah, I, I agree. I had started Keontae Ingram in Stake League. Uh, had a great overall week. Would have loved those six points that Royce Freeman got me instead of the zero that Keontae Ingram did. I, I It's a mess of a backfield. I kind of wonder um, if the return of Kyler Murray, and this is a great, great transition mm-hmm. to my last yep. of my top we five. We got all Cardinals at the bottom, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder if the return of Kyler Murray actually helps DeMarcado even more. Not that Josh Dobbs isn't a check down machine, but I, I think you pl- kind of played safe with Kyler Murray, who I'm anticipating does come back this week. The Cardinals had activated him off the pup list to practice last week. You now activate a three-week window. I don't think you do so 
with the intention of waiting out three weeks, right? Like we're entering that week mm-hmm. two for the Cardinals. I anticipate Kyler Murray is going to be your starting quarterback for them. And it might be a, a slow transition like we saw with Jonathan Taylor. Week 10 is kind of what I heard, right? Oh, so you think it's going to be – it's it's not – it's in two weeks, not this week. Yeah, yeah, week 10 for or, or That's the weeks. last week he can be active. Yeah, okay. All right. I think maybe, he Maybe I saw week. something a little bit wrong on that, but um, – but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I figure he's on the list right now because he's up to 42%, and this is the last chance he's going to be below our threshold. I believe by next week people will be ready to scoop him up. Uh, I have I had Anthony Richardson in a few leagues, obviously. If you have a league that has an injured reserve spot, you should have already picked up Kyler Murray and put mm-hmm. him on that injured reserve spot. Like that, I think Kyler Murray rest of the season becomes a top 10 fantasy quarterback, and I didn't want to draft him because I didn't want to wait six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it might be for one to play. But this is the opportunity when another person that cut him or whatever else to benefit on that because he is, from a rushing perspective alone, typically a pretty solid 15 points from the quarterback position. So, yeah, he rounds out my top five. So between the two of us, Daryl Henderson was number one. You had Zeke two. I had Dalton Kincaid two. We both had Kincaid on our list. We both had Josh Downs on our list. Kyler Murray was my four. Mm-hmm. Amari DiMarcai was your four. And then my fifth one, Trey McBride. Zach Ertz was placed on injured reserve today. That means Trey McBride is your starting tight end. For whatever the reason, the Cardinals offense utilizes their tight ends heavily, whether it was Ertz earlier in the season. He was a popular waiver wire call for us. And I think Trey McBride now, moving forward, is going to be in that same vein uh, as the tight end 10, 11, 12. Like, Dallas Goddard's been great. I think that's my floor. Every other tight end below Dallas Goddard, I'm probably starting Trey McBride over mm-hmm. rest of season. You put Ingram over Goddard? I do. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I think they're they're interchangeable in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Um, I've been doing a tight end carousel. I cut Ertz to pick up Mayer, and now I'm going to cut Mayer to make a big bid on Kincaid, hoping somebody dropped him in that same league. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all these guys are, are, are recyclable. But uh, McBride is is trending up while Ertz is trending down. Uncle Ted asks, uh, Dalton Schultz or Sam Laporta? Uh, I'll ask you this. Would you rather have a McDonald's cheeseburger or steak from Steakhouse, Jake? Uh, <laughs> yes, I would rather have the steak. Sam Laporta, all the way. What are we doing here? This is oh, Sam yeah, Laporta yeah. amazing. No doubt Laporta on that one. As we're talking tight ends, yeah. Okay, so uh, somebody in the uh, chat asks a question. I think it's really important just to reinforce our top five. Should I pick up Daryl Henderson or Amari DiMarcado and cut any of the following? And really the options, I'll boil this down for you. Tank Dell. Uh, or Chupa Hubbard? Um, yeah, I, I mean, depending on the receiver situation, I would probably let go tank, let go of Tank Dell. I think Chuba Hubbard, we missed it because he the Panthers were on a bye, mm-hmm. but the week before, Chuba Hubbard had overtaken Miles Sanders for the starting running back role there. I'm actually comfortably flexing Chuba Hubbard this week. People forgot about it. People slept on it. but Yeah, I mean, Sanders is hurt. That might be impacting things somewhat, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, oh, hey, you know, we haven't won a game all season. Let's go ahead and turn things around for Bryce Young after the bye. We'll invest in the players that I think matter more. Miles Sanders got a big contract, so I don't know if it quite fits in that same way. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see uh, what that that injury looks like for Sanders and how that backfield uh, sh- shapes up to be. Uh, all right, so let's get a word from our sponsors real quick, Blue Wire, before we transition over to talking about the running backs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, and we're back now. And I mentioned the running back position last week. We had talked about the 49ers backfield, the Rams backfield, and uh, even the Cardinals backfield. We mentioned Zeke. Now, of course, mentioned him again. I think, again, just for clarity, Daryl Henderson is our number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. From a from a fab perspective, because you have four weeks, uh, well, not three weeks, Daryl Henderson is a starter. Kyron Williams on injured reserve, Ronnie Rivers on injured reserve. Maybe with week eight coming around, the Rams pick a trade for running back or sign Leonard Fournette or whoever else. But let's just say right now with the information we have on Tuesday, Daryl Henderson is the guy. What's your fab budget looking like uh, spending on him? Um. <sighs> 16? 16%, I think. $16 out of 100? 16 out of 100. Okay, interesting. I don't, I don't know for sure if that'll get him, but that's about what I'm willing to spend for the short-term utility. Of course, it's going to all depend on uh, on your roster situation, whether you need a running back or whether you don't. Um, but remember, nobody's on bye week eight, so my desperation to pick him up isn't as big as uh, as uh, you know some might think it might be. Yeah, that's true. Um I I, th- I think there's enough running back injuries. We've mentioned Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard's an obvious one, but I like David Montgomery. Uh, Jameer Gibbs got a lot of work this past week and that lost the Ravens, a lot in junk time. Craig Reynolds have been banged up a little bit. There isn't an obvious fill-in. There's enough overall running back injuries in the league mm-hmm. that I, there's an attractive enough piece where Daryl Henderson's a starter. Like I would imagine Daryl Henderson's a starter in probably six of my leagues where I have. And I, we haven't even mentioned the Browns backfield with Jerome Ford, mm-hmm. Grim Hunt, and like, we'll get to that in a second. I would maybe go up to like a 21% on Daryl Henderson because I think he will be for the next three weeks a guy you can have as your running back too. It's not great, uh, but that that's attractive enough to me. And we are getting very close to the point of the season where fab doesn't matter because so exactly. many teams are checked out. You spend whatever mm-hmm. you can to get your guys. Fair and more than likely you can pick up some stud waiver wire guys mm-hmm. uh, in round three, four, whatever waivers. Exactly. So looking ahead, Henderson has – he's at Dallas this week, which is a bad matchup, right? Yep. Then he's home against – or I'm sorry, then, he, then he's got Green Bay. Easy. In Green Bay. That's the best matchup that you can have. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's a bye week after that, right? So then after that bye week, we could be seeing Kyron Williams and how many people are going to think about cutting him after two weeks, right? That's true. We don't have three, four weeks, you know? You have two weeks of it. Two weeks then a bye. With, with the, no, with the bye week, you have to. That doesn't count as a, a game missed. So that would be they still have one more week. Kyron and Ronnie Rivers, regardless, have to miss okay. one more week, week on injured reserve. Yeah, I should probably know that. But uh, it's I, end of I, I November that they. Because I, I wrote the notes for those. It's mm-hmm. end of November okay. that uh, Kyron's mm-hmm. available. Either right. way, I think your logic applies because the bye week does complicate things a little bit mm-hmm. in this conversation. Yeah, are you really going to be holding? Yeah. He might Are be you holding Rob- Daryl Henderson yeah. for one more week, knowing that Kyron Williams is coming back? Yeah, it, yeah. that's a tough yeah. conversation. Exactly. So, so you're making the bid. That's part of the reason I went to 16. You're making the bid, knowing you get two weeks, one of them against a horrible matchup, one of them in, in a very good matchup. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, that, that's yep. that's fair. So that's uh, interesting. Obviously, you can go ahead and cut Zach uh, Evans. Miles Gas- Gaskin was a healthy scratch. Yeah, Neither yeah. of those guys are going to be a factor. So uh, we've got that. And just a quick breakdown here. Henderson got the start in the game. 
Led in snap share, 58-42% over Royce Freeman. Had twice as many routes, 12-6 to over Royce Freeman. Carried the ball six more times than Royce Freeman and scored. Um, of course, Freeman 12-66 for 66 on the ground, a little more efficient. But there's no question here. Henderson is the guy. Freeman, desperation flex at best. I'm putting a bid on Freeman. I, this is not just to bump up my trade value with Shanky, who I'm sure will be <laughs> listening at this point. Uh, yeah. I, 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 he Royce Freeman, top five. <laughs> for, Freeman's good. Like Freeman is a good enough running back, and I think that Rams offense overall is good. You'd said the Cowboys matchup, not great. They have been a little bit more leaning to points scored, uh, especially after Trayvon Diggs went out with that practice ACL injury. I, I don't know. Uh, this isn't like the non-Matthew Stafford, non-Cooper Cup Rams we saw towards the end of last season. This mm-hmm. offense is pretty good. It's got Sean McVay as the play caller, and they run the ball a lot. Just because Daryl Henderson got a lot of work doesn't mean Freeman is not effective. I would put like a – I'm getting like three or four – I'm putting like three or four dollars if I need a running back three for the next couple of weeks. Like that's I, – I would go that high. And I know that sounds silly, but that that is high in my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay, you're like, yeah, I'm a boss. Let's talk about the Browns' backfield because that, that does matter in this conversation too. Yep. So Jerome Ford had the touchdown early, of course, uh, then suffered an ankle injury. It's one of the mm-hmm. dreaded high ankle sprains. But it's now, a low-grade high ankle yeah, sprain, so, I think is now what we have, said. We have so now we've got a million different terms for it, but you know, you, you filter out the fluff and we have a high ankle sprain here. He was in a boot after the game, which, right. you know, which just happens a lot just for precautionary reasons, but um, he was out. So then after he left the game, uh, someone named Pierre Strong, who I think we've touched on before, he outcarried Kareem Hunt 5-2 to two after Ford exited. Pierre Strong also got 64% of the fourth quarter snaps, even though it was Hunt, Kareem Hunt, who, started, who scored the game-running touchdown. I believe Hunt scored twice in this game. So it's very interesting here, right, because Kareem Hunt is 65% rostered, right? So he doesn't really make our cut. That's probably the first name you type in on anybody, even Daryl Henderson this week, just to be safe, make sure Kareem Hunt's not out there because he is in 35% of leagues. Um, and I also I'm not looking too far into this split with Pierre Strong because Kareem Hunt was uh, banged up. He was out on the injury. He was on the injury report for most of the, most of the week, and uh, you know I would assume closer to a 50-50 split moving forward. Kareem Hunt's the guy you want, um, and then there's Pierre Strong for one percent rostered, who's going to be available just about everywhere. For me, the decision comes between like Pierre Strong. And uh, and um, on, Royce, and Freeman. Royce Freeman, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're very, they're in very similar circumstances, like the the tail end of a sixty five thirty five split. You know what I mean? So, um, and of course, Pierre Strong is uh, you know a lot more unproven. I guess the Browns coming up. They're at Seattle, thirteenth against uh, backs in in standard formats. Then they host Arizona, great matchup, thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Then they're at Baltimore, and then maybe we start to think about um, uh, you know about. Uh, um, Jerome Ford coming back. So, uh, again, short-term utility. I put Pierre Strong a little bit below Royce Freeman, dollar fab or, you know, first come, first serve. So the the issue for me lies in I believe Jerome Ford is coming back sooner than I think Kyron Williams will. If you were to say Jerome Ford is also going to be out four weeks and this is a non-starter for me, Pierre Strong becomes one of my more favorite ones behind, uh, I think, Daryl Henderson still is the top. It would be, it'd be easily Pierre Strong. If you recall, when Nick Chubb had that gruesome injury – uh, Jerome Ford got that 70-yard run, went right and turned left. He didn't score the touchdown on that play. It was Pierre Strong that did. Now, they signed mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt directly after. Maybe if Hunt had been on the roster, they go to him instead. Pierre Strong is not too bad at the goal line. He's also known to be a pass-catching running back, dating back to his time with the Patriots, also in college, too. I think there's some utility that he maybe even fits in the Browns' offense better 
the Jerome Ford did. Uh, so I agree with you. I think it's probably like a 50-50 split, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Strong be more effective mm-hmm. in those opportunities. And to your point, two pretty good matchups where you could start him if you needed to, whereas only one in the Packers that you'd feel more comfortable saying Royce Freeman is out there, mm-hmm. and that's in two weeks. So I think I actually have Pierre Strong slightly higher than Royce Freeman of that of that ranking. Yep. Yeah. So we uh, we put the Browns backfield, uh, you know, right after the Rams in this uh, in in the outline here because Kareem Hunt is uh, probably the top overall pickup if he's around. But I might like Amari Di Mercado more than Pierre Strong. They're very very close to me. Um, they have about the same amount of short term utility, right? Um, and then of course looking at this uh, Cardinals backfield breakdown here, um, zero offensive snaps for Keontae Ingram, um, despite you know he took the lead role last week. I don't know what the heck happened there. Um, and then it was Di Mercado who had seventy nine percent of the snaps, and Damian Williams had nineteen percent of the snaps. An eighty twenty split split is significant. He also caught four of seven. Or four or five targets for 17 yards here and then uh, on top of that you've got matchups not great baltimore cleveland atlanta are his next three um none of which are are, are matchups that you uh you really want to be targeting here so uh but i would be confident in de mercado getting a higher snap count than pierre strong and more touches than pierre strong over the next uh two to three weeks here yeah the backfield with the cardinals reminds me of like a the, like the zero light uh, commercials that you see, hey, lose all this weight. It's like the zero version of eating pizza and burgers of the Mike Shanahan Broncos offense from like the early 2000s where it's, oh, here's the C.J. Anderson that's going to just go ahead and rush for a thousand yards. You never heard of him. This is the inverse of that. Here's this guy that you never heard of that will just switch week to week uh, and you have no idea what's going to happen. I, I just want literally nothing to do with the Cardinals backfield. And even though Kyler Murray coming back will make a difference, I think positively, I'm frustrated trying to guess it already until only been two weeks. So that mm-hmm. that makes me just a little bit nervous. That's all. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I have to mention a guy that I might like more than even a couple of these guys. And I know you don't like, but I'm interested in Devin Singletary. <laughs> I mean, uh, before the bye week, right, he's down to 15%. Before the bye week, he had pretty much taken over uh, for Damian Pierce, but it was tough to argue, to roster, uh, you know, a Texans running back, a fringe Texans running back during uh, the bipocalypse here. But he was more effective than Damian Pierce, and he was right up there with him in snap count and, you know, seeing some red zone work too. So uh, Singletary is interesting if we believe it all in this Houston offense led by C.J. Stroud uh, doing anything good. They do. They're at Carolina this week, which is a pretty favorable matchup here. Um, if you're talking about just this week's matchup, Singletary might have the best matchup out of all of them. Uh, and then it's a little tougher against Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, and then it's another great matchup against Arizona. But basically I see a changing of the guard where Singletary takes over for Pierce, maybe gets as high as a 60 to 65% uh, snap and, and touch le- and, and, and workload there, and that's enough for Singletary to be rosterable here in, in your fantasy league. I would rather have Jeff Wilson, who was activated off of injury reserve on Saturday, uh, didn't get a whole lot of playing time, which was kind of expected from the Dolphins overall, had a tough match against the Eagles, uh, and Devon Achan is going to be out for, mm-hmm. I think, two more weeks. You still have Chris Brooks on injury reserve as well, too. I would be really curious when A-Chan comes back if it's going to be him as the number two, Raheem Mostert, one of them, Wilson factoring in. Mm-hmm. That, that That's probably what's going to be the case. But if you recall, to start the season, Jeff Wilson was going to be in a pretty 50-50 timeshare before that injury with mm-hmm. Raheem Mostert. He's got experience with Mike McDaniel's offense. Looked good last season, too. Exactly. And the Dolphins' rest of season schedule, other than the Chiefs, 
is just absolute cupcakes. Like that mm-hmm. offense should score 70 every single week mm-hmm. moving forward because they play that level of opponent for most of the season. I like mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson a lot from a pass catching yep. perspective, and uh, I, I would like him more than Singletary, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely not with you on that one. I mean, this this week around, he was RB3 across the board. Obviously, it's his reintroduction week. I still would advise if you've been holding him this long, you have to at least hold him one more week to see what, to see what happens this week. So that's an interesting one. Another injury kind of situation that I'd like, um, everybody's talking about the Deontay Foreman um, game yeah. this week. Had a huge game. Uh, you know, good for him. The Raiders have been uh, they've been allowing um, opposing running backs. Even AJ Dillon ran for eighty yards on him. So uh, you know, you got you no, got the factor of the matchup. Just Deonta Foreman gets like one hundred twenty and three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah good yeah, job, no, AJ. Exactly. But I think people are forgetting about Roshan Johnson. Um, Clue Herbert's still on the IR, and Roshan Johnson had basically carved his way to borderline RB one, if not RB one B, and. Um, Unless there's something scary out of the ordinary going on, right? Because it's not too often you see players miss back-to-back games with a concussion. So, you know, we'll see what's going on there. But Rashawn Johnson was dropped by a lot of people, and I'm uh, interested in grabbing him, scooping him back up this week. That's fair. Our boy Uncle Ted has never forgot Roshan Johnson, but he's now switched his attention to being the Dalton Schultz stand. So yeah. that, that's fine. He can, uh, can, we, can parade for both those guys. Can we touch on Keaton Mitchell real quick? Yes, because absolutely. Because, damn, did he look explosive. In uh, the couple of touches you. that he got, he looked good. He passes the eye test here, but it's going to be tough for him to carve out consistent work uh, with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Now, Justin Hill, Justice Hill had a fumble that Lamar was charged with that was really probably Justice Hill's fault. Um, so, I don't know, maybe there's a pathway uh, because of that series of events. But Gus Edwards also looked pretty good, had that had that 80-yard pass to and, and a good day rushing on mm-hmm. the ground. So, I don't know if there's enough room to get in there, but Keaton Mitchell certainly passes the eye test. And uh, I guess if you can afford it, that would be a stash candidate. Yeah, it, you have to have deep enough roster space. But he is a really intriguing name, obviously super fast. And if the Ravens choose not to acquire a running back close to the trade deadline, I mean, you're looking at Gus Edwards. I don't think they Edwards. need to. I don't think they need to either. Because, I, I wholeheartedly Edward, Yeah, Ed, Edwards and, and, and uh, Justice Hill are fine. And then they've got this guy waiting in the wings, uh, waiting to be unleashed here. So I, I'm not sure I would give up draft capital to acquire a position that I don't, I don't think they need. Yeah, uh, on your show sheet, you have drop Zach Evans, drop Keonta Ingram, drop Craig Reynolds. I'm dropping A.J. Dillon uh, in most places for a lot of these guys. There's a number of these backups. We should mention Joshua Kelly. Eckler had gotten banged up during that loss to the Chiefs. Kelly had his 49-yard run. Eckler only plays well in games – or, I'm sorry, Kelly only plays well in games that Eckler starts. That Those are the rules. Yeah, that I, is – I don't the, make yeah. them. I don't make them. He's going to get five or less points. In games that Eckler is out and go off for huge explosive runs in games that Eckler is in. Those are the rules. Um, I mean, that's just it. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, it's not like it's super attractive to me, especially having seen what uh, starting Joshua Kelly has done in the early portions of the mm-hmm. season. So any other any other running backs that you can think of in your even your deeper leagues that you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm done with these guys? I mean, Tajay Spears – or no, wait. Uh, oh, well, you, want, you, you want drop candidates? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, so Tajay Spears fell below our uh, – our uh, threshold here, oh, and um, yeah. and he's he's another you know better than the dead weight on your bench. He's someone that could always emerge. Although this Titans offense um, is looking pretty ugly, we'll probably talk about them when we get to streaming defenses later here. So I'm looking at that, but no, yeah, Zach Evans, Keontae Ingram, Craig Reynolds, Reynolds. I really thought that he would do more of the David Montgomery role. I did not think that in his first game back from injury they would push Jameer Gibbs the way they did and give him as many touches as they did. Um, but that went ahead and happened. So. 
Um, you know, apologies for Craig Reynolds. I thought I thought he was going to find his way into the end zone. That game was also an absolute blowout, right. too, exactly. right? So um, definitely, which you would assume would you would ex- Reynolds ex- would get yeah. more work. Well, yeah. See, I would think Gibbs is more of the passing down back, and in positive game script for the Lions, Reynolds is more likely. Yeah, to I meant like, why carries. would you risk Gibbs in a game that doesn't matter? But the Lions don't seem to operate that way, which is good for them. You know, I appreciate that mentality. But that yep. game was over by the third drive. You know, there was, mm-hmm. there was no shot. Yeah, I mean, Gibbs and Amonra St. Brown were playing almost the entirety of the fourth quarter, right? which is which is and wild to me, point. but I'm sure a lot of fantasy managers are happy with that. All right, let's get to the receivers before we do so. A word from our sponsor, Circa Sports. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. That means the big game poolside is at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. It's a massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. It's all right there. Staying the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more, or touched on the world's largest sports book, Circus Sports, for the big game bash, three stories of football glory, featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino Reserve today at Circa Las Vegas. Com. So last week we had mentioned Rasheed Rice. He was right in that 50% threshold. Looks like the guy. Uh, I'm ready to take my victory lap on that one, Jake. You were uncertain about Rasheed Rice, but I was clearly mm-hmm. right. One of the few times it feels like on these uh, fringe players that I got correct, but uh, I'll be happy about that one. Of course, we had talked about uh, Wandale Robinson a little bit. Jackson Smith and the Jigba had also fallen below our threshold. That was good, mm-hmm. especially with um, oh boy with uh, DK, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yes, yeah, that was you. a surprise uh, you know, surprise for a lot of people in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Trey Palmer, who we'll talk about a little bit later on now with Chris Godwin's injury also was in that mix. We had mentioned Josh Downs and it's just worth reiterating again. He was a part of our top five waiver wire pickup list to start the show. I think rest of season, Josh Downs <laughs> is going to be like a top 30 fantasy receiver because Gardner Minshew is your starting quarterback for the Colts mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. Yep. Yeah. There's definitely a lot less scrambling and more, uh, and, and and more action there. You know, by the numbers, everything seems to make sense with Josh Downs. Technically, if we go to snap share, he's wide receiver three, and Alec Pierce is on the field a little bit more. But when you when you talk about target share, uh, you know, Pittman's at what do we have here? Twenty seven point eight percent on the year, and um, Downs is not too far behind at twenty point one percent. So he's definitely wide receiver two when the team wants to be passing here, and uh, there's definitely room. Uh, in this offense that should be better, you know, with a healthy Jonathan Taylor and, and seemingly the Taylor-Moss combo that, that that's working out well. Um, he, you know, P- Pittman is one, and Pittman would have had a dud of a fantasy day if it weren't for that uh, that late-game touchdown here. So uh, Downs is seemingly stable and should be someone that could find his way into wide receiver three territory for the rest of the year. If you look up, they talk a lot about, uh, you know, Reggie Wayne is one of the receivers coaches there and how he yeah, basically, yeah, how he basically begged the Colts at the combine to, um, to, to draft Josh Downs and put a big status on him because his, his route running and his cuts and his in and his game speed were the stuff that he saw there at the combine were apparently far different than what he saw on film. And he seemed to have turned a corner there. So, uh, 
you know, good for him. You, there's a, a lot of fringe wide receiver options we're going to talk about that are maybe stash, maybe start in desperation, but Downs is a guy that you can probably just pick up and start right away. Upcoming, he's versus New Orleans at Carolina at New England, who are 14, 15, and 13 against receivers in standard scoring, respectively. Um, so all middle-of-the-pack options, nothing to be too scared of moving forward. Yeah, I missed this one on the show sheet, but Jaden Reed at 16% rostered probably should have made my top five. I would envision, uh, I would envision with the Packers medical staff, Christian Watson will be on injured reserve after the slightly awkward landing on his knee uh, with how careful they are with those guys and Watson being mm-hmm. paper mache. Uh, I don't think he plays for quite a while. And if that is the case, Jaden Reed, even, even in that passing offense, which is one of the worst in the entire league, it becomes fantasy relevant, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, of course, Jaden Reed scored the touchdown last week, but if you weren't watching that game, that was a complete fluke off of a tip ball uh, that he scored. But uh, if you Run remember, so far behind Romeo Dobbs that it ends up going yeah, that it behind ends up getting the person. Tipped That's how bad of a throw it was. They took the lead on that, by the way. I, I actually had some good positive feelings for a second there. You did, oh, even okay. if it was lucky. Um, but. Uh, last time uh, Christian Watson was out, it was Jaden Reed who was getting uh, a ton of the playing time. So not only will he see targets with uh, – so Dobbs is unquestionably wide receiver one. You know, Love and Dobbs, all that preseason talk about their chemistry seems to be uh, seems especially to be doing the, the trick. Exactly, especially in the red zone. Love, trust Dobbs, we got that. But there's definitely room for a wide receiver two to emerge in a team that will be trailing. You know, they can't seem to get over <laughs> having bad starts. So they will be trailing and having to pass, no matter how much they're built to run the ball. And also we saw early in the season, not quite as much lately, but earlier in the season, Jaden Reed was used on end-arounds and gadgety plays yeah. too. So there's always upside from getting those. He's only 16% rostered. Uh, he has a, There's a spot for him in fantasy. Yeah, I absolutely, especially uh, if and when Christian Watson would be <laughs> ruled out for the foreseeable future. Rondell Moore also makes our list in large part because we don't really know what we have in the Cardinals offense and Kyler Murray could raise that floor, but 16 targets in the last three games. Yep, that that's pretty much it that does it because if you're looking at snap share routes and route rate, he's still behind Hollywood and even behind Michael Wilson. Um, but again, you're, you're picking it up because the targets are picking up, and then there's always that speculation that Hollywood Brown gets traded, right? Yeah, yeah, there there is that, that possibility yeah. as well too. Yep, yeah, that could um, certainly happen. The only problem here is the Cardinals. What I saw is they're facing a top seven defense against opposing wide receivers sure. in each of the next five weeks. It's a more play- favorable playoff schedule, but they also have a pesky Week 14 bye. They're one of those teams that you know a lot of teams, a lot of leagues will start playoffs then. So um, yeah, and, and we're trying to start to look ahead to that. But uh, yeah, that's the one issue with Cardinals pass catchers is the schedule does not look great, but the volume and the quarterback upgrade and the possible wide receiver one getting traded make it worth a look. I think there's a really, really clear drop-off from that group. And really, after Jaden Reeks, I think you could add uh, Rondale Moore into that list. You had listed Jalen Hyatt uh, on the show sheet. I'm going to tell you right now, I want nothing to do with uh, big play specialists in offense that can't get big plays going. But yep. you can tell the listeners why maybe Jalen Hyatt should be considered more. Yeah, I mean, the thing is always we were, we're begging for him to get more touches, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's electric when he has the ball, um, never gets the ball, right? Uh, <laughs> so you know that's kind of a problem, right? Um, and it's yeah, also no, more of a again, it's more of a stash because you don't want to face they're, they're playing the Jets and the Jets are coming off a bye week. Great defense there, um, but you cannot deny that Jalen Hyatt has been more effective with Tyrod Taylor under center. Um, and he was second on the team this week in both snap share and route rate, uh, second to Darius Slayton in both, ahead of Wandale Robinson in both. So if there's a world in which this uh, usage pattern continues 
and and he's out there on the field that much, you know, maybe there's more targets, possibility of big plays. But you nailed it, Joe. You don't really want to be acquiring uh, wide receivers to to or anybody that's not Saquon Barkley on this offense. You or probably Darren don't Waller. want a roster. Yeah, Waller's fine too. Waller also looks better with uh, Terod Taylor. Yeah, uh, it sounds like Daniel Jones. He wasn't all that close last week. I think I wrote a note on Saturday saying trending towards not playing with that neck injury, but that he was even in the discussion uh, to possible play this week would tell me that we're getting close. So maybe it is Daniel Jones. And you know the Giants have to go back to their $40 million quarterback yes, no matter they have to. how yep. bad he is and how not relevant or worth that contract he was. You have to go ahead and kind of be a pot committed to those odds. We have uh, Kendrick Bourne also on the list who had a pretty good game for the Patriots, of course, in their upset win over the Bills. Uh, no Juju Smith-Schuster, and he could be possibly out for a little bit uh, as well, too. Demario Douglas got more involved in the offense finally. That was the rookie receiver that all throughout training camp have been getting rave, getting rave reviews, not getting utilized to a certain extent. So maybe the addition of another weapon in the case of Demario Douglas helped Kendrick Bourne? I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, the big thing here is that he's basically out of the doghouse here. It's the second consecutive week he has led the Patriots in uh, routes, targets, and receiving yards. He was also on the field for 95% of snaps this week. If anything, Demario Douglas has... Sure, you give him consideration in the deepest of deep formats because Demario Douglas is actually elevated to wide receiver two, um, you know, given the situation here. But uh, Bourne is wide receiver one in this offense. Again, we fall into the same trap here. How much Patriots offense do you really want to be right. exposed to? But uh, what, for whatever reason, it looks like he's out of the doghouse and is, and is good to go. Then there's a few other fringe guys. So Jake Bobo had gotten his first touchdown of his career with DK Metcalf out. Metcalf has only missed one game in his entire career. I would imagine Metcalf will be ready to go next week. And they also have Jackson Smith, the Jigba, who has been more involved mm-hmm. in the offense back-to-back weeks now with at least 40-plus receiving yards. I'm not interested in Jake Bobo at all, but maybe in like our 14-team dynasty league where we have 20 roster spots, you could make a case mm-hmm. that he should be picked up somewhere. But I think in most scenarios, that's just not an attractive option. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, it was only a desperation play that um, I actually almost picked Bobo up because my opponent had DK Metcalf and in the starting lineup. Yeah, Yeah. a little bit of a block, but uh, ended, yeah, ended up not going uh, that route exactly. And uh, yeah, they ended up not picking anybody up because there's really nobody to cut. But yeah, this is all dependent on DK Metcalf uh, potentially sitting out again, which we have no indication yet that he would be. But put Bobo and especially JSN, but JSN, because of his ADP early, is still well over our threshold yeah. here. Bobo's kind of a watch list guy. See what happens uh, with the rest of these receivers and, and what, what goes on. But we know there's at least some chemistry with Gino there, and he is capable of, of producing when given the opportunity. One name that I think is actually a bit above this list, but it's more complicated because there are no teams on by. You theoretically shouldn't have to go down to this level, is Trey Palmer. Uh, Godwin got injured during Sunday's loss to the Falcons, his neck, I guess, was the case. I missed that one. I was going through things earlier today. I was like, wait, why is Chris Godwin out? Uh, didn't practice this week. They play Thursday against the Bills. Palmer got 42 snaps. Uh, probably more of the the number two receiver as opposed to Devin Tompkins, who is the return guy plus gadget guy. I know Rashad, Rashad White also got a lot of catches out of the backfield post Chris Godwin's injury. The answer probably is nobody from the Buccaneers receiving core other than Mike Evans that you want. But if you're picking between the two, Devin Tompkins and Trey Palmer, I think Palmer is the guy. Mm-hmm. I'll be starting Trey Palmer again in uh, a 14-team stake league where I lost Justin Jefferson and uh, 
and it's an auction, so of course I spent a tremendous amount of draft capital on Justin Jefferson, and uh, the waiver wire looks pretty thin. But yeah, there's a there's a time and a place to start Trey Palmer. I've actually I, I own Godwin in a 16 teamer that I might have to look about look into replacing there. So I don't love the thought of that because um, there's really nothing nothing out there. We might have to I might actually have to look to a guy like Jake Bobo or Jalen Hyatt or or you know what have you here. Um, but yeah, uh, put Dontavian Wicks then. If like seriously, <laughs> I mean, if Christian Watson misses time, we talked about Jaden Reed. Yep. Dontavian Wicks was getting more involved in that offense the first three weeks of the season when Watson was gone, and I, I think he's actually an attractive name. I'd be shocked if he's rostered in more than one percent of the leagues. Yeah, he's he's profiled as a bigger body as well too. I know that Samari Touria got the ill-fated interception thrown to him in the very final possession for the Packers, but Dontavian Wicks has been typically the number three receiver. And theoretically, Jake, theoretically, this is a good match against the Vikings' defense. Now, we've said that against the Raiders. we said that against the Broncos. And the Packers did not score a single point yeah. in either the first half. That's my know. biggest concern. 20% of the snaps in five routes even. And, yeah, I guess Watson was injured late. But I don't I don't love that. Okay. Uh, that, I, I'll, I would play Dontavian Wicks over... Trey Palmer, if you were unfortunate to be in that situation, which it sounds like you no, might. No, no, I take Trey. If Godwin's out, I'm, I'm actually taking Palmer with uh, some degree of confidence. At huh? least there's touchdown upside there and and more targets. Okay. All right. He's, that, wide, that, he's wide receiver too. You're right. Point, you're right. He is, he is wide receiver too in an offense that is unequivocally better than the worst yeah. offense in the league. As opposed, the yeah, as, yeah, as opposed to wide receiver three on a terrible offense yes. with no play calling ability and a quarterback that's regressing before our eyes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough Packers uh, slander here. Oh, I will do it the rest of the show until the floor is gone. Don't you worry. Uh, anybody else that you want to mention from a receiver perspective? This is just some fan service here, but uh, for anybody wondering here, Julio Jones basically took 10 routes away from Olamide Zacchaeus, still played in le- less than half the snaps that Zacchaeus did. He's a fantasy non-factor uh, right now and should continue to be the rest of the year. He's perfect for your immaculate grid. That's That's really what Julio Jones is good for. At this point in his career, I want to talk quarterbacks real quick. We whiffed real bad on Sam Howell. I thought for sure, and this goes back to like when we thought the Packers would do well against the Broncos. I thought for sure the Commanders would be able to move the ball on that Giants defense. That never occurred. Of course, it was the one of the lowest, if not the lowest, total score uh, on the Week Seven slate. Sam Howell did not work, despite me having to stream him everywhere. Neither did Baker Mayfield. That wasn't mm-hmm. all that attractive. It ended up being Derek Carr who really played awful. Like if you watch that Thursday game, he was not very good at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. but it worked out enough. He, yeah. I mean, he still made out with like 18 fantasy points yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, that was fine. Uh, nice touchdown pass and pitch and catch to Michael Thomas, my guy. Uh. <laughs> you have, I have Rasheed Rice. You have Michael Thomas. That's, that's yes, what we exactly. Can see. Yep, exactly. We'll find that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, so no doubt there was, it was a tough week for streaming quarterbacks last week. I, um, I had a pick between Brian Hoyer and Tyson Bajent in uh, in Fishbowl, oh, and of course I, I picked Hoyer. No, I did not nope. get it correct. <laughs> well, Oof, I was like, I'm sorry. take a guy with a bunch of NFL starts before D two, and boy, was I wrong. On yeah, that. The, the guy that has Devonte Adams on his team. Anyway, but let's look ahead. Let's take a look ahead. Of course, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, last call on Kyler Murray at forty two percent. We'll be ready by week ten by rule, maybe earlier. We'll see. Um, so he's definitely the first name you put in, no doubt about that. Um, I always thought at the beginning of the year that maybe they would just consider resting him the whole year, but uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And uh, good for the Cardinals, I guess. You know, maybe maybe they just feel like they got to sell tickets or or you know whatever the case is here. But you know, or maybe they feel like it's last call on Kyler Murray. Let's see what he's got. 
Um, so that's interesting. Of course, I told my story about dropping Gardner Minshew. He's only rostered in 8% of uh, Yahoo leagues. Dropped him during the bye week, hell. And then he went and balled out against a defense that I thought was best in the league. Obviously, Miles Garrett had something to say about that uh, and still had a great game. But Gardner Minshew also still had a great game, but has a tough matchup against the Saints ahead. I saw some. I saw an interesting Reddit post. I think that was based off a tweet. Again, I need to do a better job saving these things. But the Saints play a lot of man coverage. And Gardner Minshew splits in man versus zone. For some reason, he, he he's terrible against zone defense. But in man coverage, he is well above average. And the Saints play a lot of man. So even though on paper the Saints are a good defense, maybe there's a maybe there's a spot for Gardner Minshew. I'm gonna I'm gonna rebid on him, even though I bid him a bid on him and cut him in my two quarterback league. Um, and then after the Saints, he's got uh, Carolina, which is a pretty decent matchup for quarterbacks, and then the Patriots that are a little bit tougher, but. He's there. He's the guy. This is it. Yeah, Gardner Minshew unequivocally is the best of a bad group of kind of streamer guys and super flex guys. This other list I think we could knock out quick because it really just is personal preference. So P.J. Walker possibly could be your starting quarterback for the Browns. Again, Watson mm-hmm. got hurt in the first quarter. The broadcast made it uh, sure seem like it was a show, it was a it was a neck and concussion thing, not a yep. shoulder thing. I thought it was very ironic that the broadcast had to continue to illustrate, no, 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 he didn't re-injure his shoulder. He actually just suffered a really debilitating head injury. Don't worry. That's yeah. the better of the two things. And then he went and got cleared from concussion protocol on the sidelines and right. did not re-enter the game. Yep. Meanwhile, P.J. Walker led the Browns to what, his second win? Yep. Under center? I, yeah. I guess we no. can't count that in the start. He They won the last game he started, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're, they beat the 49ers. This is interesting. I mean, uh, the Vikings winning games maybe makes this not a thing, but uh, I'm sure the Cleveland has inquired about Kirk Cousins. No, no, they, they're paying $250 million guarantee to Watson. They can't do anything. The Jets, if Watson's shoulder is shot, though, yeah, then you take him on an expiring contract. I've I've won over this already uh, a ton <laughs> of my Tuesday article. Cousins got no trade clause. They're, he wants to stay with his family and make Netflix shows. That's fine. Uh, keep beating the 49ers. Beat the Packers, please, next week so we can get Caleb Williams and have uh, some hope in our lives. That'd be great. So there's mm-hmm. P.J. Walker. Now I have to – I can't call him Tyson Bagel anymore. He won a game, so now I have to call him by the You were all over the Tyson place. Bagel. Bagel, Baguette. He was Baguette last week. Yeah, you're right. I, mm-hmm. He's no more longer well, a Baguette. We're going to put item. some respect on this man's name here. He's, is what's a, he's to an NFL winning quarterback, even though it was against the Raiders, uh, which most teams, except some very sorry ones, can actually beat. Uh, I, I mean, he didn't really throw the ball that much. Justin Fields, though, does not seem like he's going to be playing again next week and possibly could miss longer because it was a dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. That the Bears haven't put him on injury reserve would indicate to me he'll be back in two weeks, so he'll have missed exactly. three weeks. He gets but, the Chargers this week, though, yeah. and uh, the Chargers are prone to give up some points on yeah, occasion uh, here. Against good quarterbacks. Yep. We'll see if the exactly. not Baker item is one of them. Yeah, the problem is, is uh, you know, the Raiders probably didn't expect Bajan to run, like, at all. Right. And he didn't, like, run all over them, but he definitely broke away and ran for some first downs and was effective when he did run. I think they'll be a, uh, they'll be a little bit more prepared for it here. The Chargers will this week. So, again, I wouldn't love that, but uh, he will be my QB2 in Fishbowl. Yeah, then there's the combo of Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. After how bad Hoyer looked, I wonder if they go back to Aiden O'Connell, who also didn't look good earlier this season. And then Tyrod Taylor, although I think Daniel Jones is getting a little bit closer. So there's a, a laundry list of bad backup quarterbacks, and I think it overall speaks to what is my uh, Taylor Swift segment of the week. I'm really tired of bad quarterback play, uh, and yes, I have to watch that often as a fan of the Packers. That's also on the uh, play caller at times, too. 
this season felt like it was going to be bad other than the 49ers and the Eagles uh, and the Chiefs and whatever other team you wanted. Like it felt like college football here, play for the final four playoff teams then everyone else gets to get the Chick-fil-A bowl. Uh, that's what you're fighting for, yippee. It, it, bad quarterback play has been nauseating. And, and you look at Brock Purdy, for example, who didn't look nearly the type of wonder kid we thought he was when he doesn't have Debo Samuel and Trent Williams around with him too. <laughs> I, we can do better. Like when were the years where we had Steve McNair as like a quarterback 12? I, I wish I longed for those, Jake. I long for times <laughs> we don't have to talk about Daniel Jones. I started uh, Rich Gannon like, one of my first years I played fantasy football, <laughs> and it worked just fine. I just I long for the days when like the 15th best quarterback was actually competent at football, and not that we have seven different quarterback backups that were like, hey, you know what? Got to think about Gardner Minshew. Like, no, no, nobody should be thinking about Gardner Minshew. Yep. Ever. Uh, NFL quarterback has got to be the hardest job in like all of professional sports. Jim Sorge agrees. Uh, famed Badgers uh, quarterback <laughs> Jim Sorge, who backed up Peyton Manning all those years yeah, and never actually went on the field. No. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's the, and, look, and, and it's only it's only getting more difficult as the talent gets bigger and faster and stronger, which is happening every single year. It's I mean, you're, you're going to have about eight quarterbacks that can, cut, that can cut it and about 22 that can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Real quick with the tight ends, because actually it is an interesting part. We talked about Dalton Kincaid at the top of the show uh, with Dawson Knox likely out for a couple of weeks or at least one week. Kincaid got the eight targets for 75 yards. Looks to be more involved in the offense as well, too. Jake Ferguson also was cut during Bimageddon for a lot of people. Finally fell mm-hmm. below our threshold. For for uh, the audience's sake, I still am rostering Jake Ferguson in my stake league roster, which is mm-hmm. very you have very few roster spots. I'm sitting on... David Montgomery's injured butt now for a couple of weeks. I'm also keeping Jake Ferguson because he yeah. is that valuable to me at a position that's mm-hmm. been pretty tough to get, I think. For yeah, Ferguson's been he's been interesting because he had seven targets in three of the first four weeks, but then he had three targets in week five and only one target in week six, and then there was the bye week. Right. So I don't love where that usage was trending. Yeah. Um, but you know, I still think that uh, him and Dak Prescott have some chemistry and he is if there is a tight end to own in Dallas, it would be Ferguson here. But I would actually I, I would I'd rather, rather have, have Kincaid. Uh, I would rather have Kincaid and McBride. I don't know if I'd rather have McBride than Ferguson. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, McBride's cutting into the Ertz workload, but it's still 50-50. And I feel like they're going to want to showcase Ertz for a trade, right? Which, uh, you know, maybe that helps Well, Ertz McBride. is on injured reserve, so that's going to be tough to do Wait. That. Yeah. I, I said Shoot, this during I the that. show, Jake, that, Jake that Zach Ertz got put on injured reserve. That was an oh, early geez. morning. I thing. totally missed that. That happened this morning, huh? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Well, anyway, yes, then I would probably rather have McBride than Ferguson. McBride squeaks <laughs> <laughs> my whole outlook. Jake, it's okay. It's completely I, I, tarnished. McBride was in my top five list, mm-hmm. so I got us covered on that one. But yeah, yes. you had him. Yeah, you had him in the top five, and I was a little curious about that, but I thought maybe you just hated Zeke or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, both things can be true. But, yes, I would rather have McBride over Jake Ferguson. That's not to say that Ferguson is bad, though. I think you have three <laughs> starting tight ends in a 12-team league that are all possibly on white, uh, waiver wires when it comes to Kincaid, uh, Ferguson, and Trey McBride. And real quick, I appreciate that you mentioned this on the rundown. Gerald mm-hmm. Everett left the, uh, Sunday's loss late with a calf injury. That means my boy Donald Parham, who continues to try to make a weekly appearance on our show despite doing very little becomes a bit more interesting. Gerald yep. Everett wasn't involved a decent amount mm-hmm. during the past couple of weeks. The only issue is that they will never just choose one tight end. The two tight end sets are very, very, yeah. very important to the two and four chargers. So Stone Smart yeah, had a lot of say, snaps too. Stone Smart uh, had more snaps and more routes run than Donald Parham. 
But when they get down to the red zone, Parham is the guy. I know that much about the Chargers. Yeah, uh, not not a great uh, look if you are really in need of a tight end post Gerald ever. But again, uh, Dalton Kincaid, Jake Ferguson, Trey McBride, one of those three has to be out there. Do you do you want to do you want to say the line about Luke Musgrave? The, yeah, the Bart, you probably got to cut him. Probably got to cut him at this point. Okay. Or what we were all we were all in on Luke Musgrave last week, and I, you were like, "I'm going to start him in the flex." And I'm like, "I'm dropping him." You're like, "No, no, no!" And Kareem Jackson made sure we had to drop Luke Musgrave. Yeah, exactly. Kareem. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Now that he's injured, you can definitely drop him for any of these guys we've talked about. I was going to cut Ertz before I found out he was on IR, but now you can definitely cut him. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even sure you'd use an IR spot on Ertz. There are probably injured uh, guys that are I, I that are more worthy of it. I don't think you need to as well. Too. Uh, all right, so. I actually think there was an intriguing amount of streaming defenses that were available. One that wasn't on your list, I'll just mention real quick, the Dolphins. Yep. And a pretty juicy matchup as well, too, although I imagine, you know, they got dropped because of the Eagles this past week. There's a few times where you mm-hmm. can play the Dolphins. Rest of season schedule, yeah. other than the Germany game against the Chiefs, I think you could confidently start the Dolphins' defense in all but two games. Again, with the Chiefs mm-hmm. Germany game being one of them. So I would look first to see if the Dolphins are there. What are some yeah. other streaming candidates to go for? I mean, at this point, if, if a team has had their bye and they're a good defense, like uh, like, like the Browns, for example, I don't think I'm going to look back from the Browns for pretty much the rest of the year. And I guess you could probably play the same game with the Dolphins here as well. And a lot of times, of course, with no buys this week at all, you're kind of sticking to your... Uh, you're kind of sticking to your guns for the most part. But there are a couple matchups that I'd definitely take a look at. Number one, misses our threshold, but the Jets are down to 63% because of the bye week. And because of, uh, I mean, last week with, what, six, eight teams on bye, you yeah. certainly couldn't uh, hang on to two defenses last week, uh, you know, unless you somehow planned this and got really lucky. Uh, so I'd scoop up the Jets because they're a fine play rest of season, but especially this week when they're at the Giants here. I also like, this was number one in... In Payne's column and Jerry's column this week, hate to give away the secret sauce here. Hopefully you're subscribing anyway, but uh, the Atlanta Falcons have played surprisingly decent on defense this year. They're only 13% rostered, and they're on the road at Tennessee, where we're going to see Will Levis, Malik Willis. I don't know, but Ryan Tannehill isn't close to practicing, and this offense was pretty terrible with Tannehill anyway. But it's not getting better with these other guys. We didn't talk about Ryan Tannehill in the quarterback section for a reason. It's because if you have to consider Malik Willis or Will Levis at quarterback over any of the guys that we mentioned, just don't play. Like you're good for the rest of the season. I don't think you need to be out there. Yeah. That's so a threshold the below yep. even the Gardner Minshews and PJ Walkers of the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Mr. Mayo Man himself, Will Levis, can give you some confidence. But we'll see if the Titans actually choose to start him with Ryan Tannehill likely missing another game. Do that high ankle sprain. I like the Falcons call. It's a good one. Exactly. Any other? Anybody else? Yeah. So then I, I listed some teams that are just facing backup quarterbacks here and uh, that are at home at least. And that's uh, Seattle, but they're 69% rostered. They get possibly P.J. Walker in Cleveland. Uh, Detroit is 56% rostered. They'll get Hoyer or O'Connell or whatever. No, no, they against... the... Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry, keep going. The, the Raiders? Yeah, on Monday, on Monday. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, Monday night, primetime game. Ooh, you you love your primetime games. Uh, I do. With, with I really love the, the value of knowing what mm-hmm. you can, especially for a defense that you can just pull out of your starting lineup. And yep. I know there's uh, kind of infringes on the integrity of fantasy sports if you do that. But mm-hmm. I, I do find that attractive at times. Uh, I think sure. the Lions defense also is a good call against exactly. whatever is starting at for the, and then the of course, quarterback. We hit this in our two quarterbacks, but uh, the Chargers, 7% rostered. They're home against the Bears. Against not a breakfast item, yes. Yeah, against not a breakfast item. But I really think uh, – you know, I originally put Bagant uh, near the <laughs> near the top of the list. And um, but now the more I think about it, like there's film out on him now. 
I think the Chargers are going to expose and him. That, this is I mean, probably like, one I know and done. It's a fun feel-good story for a little while, but like the Brock Purdy stuff that happens is far more uncommon than it is common. Yeah, I know that the Chargers defense looks dumb against the Dolphins and Chiefs, but it's like it's the, the Dolphins, Dolphins and Chiefs, Chiefs. right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I would, I would sooner assume Khalil Mack is going to be very happy to have his second consecutive revenge game, or I guess second of the season because he went wild yeah, against the Raiders too early this season. We had talked about this off air, Jake, and while we have just a few more minutes, we are a waiver wire show. But I think this point of the season, week eight, is a really good time to reassess what you can do from a trading perspective. And I had this conversation off air with Jake because it was something I was dealing with in one of our leagues. Who am I trying to trade for, specifically injured guys? And my, I'm in a very fortunate position, at least one league where I'm seven and zero. My team looks really good from a depth perspective, and I could trade from some of that depth. So guys like James Conner or Justin Jefferson. I'm checking in with some of the fantasy managers to see if they would be willing to trade for them. The way we play the stake league, which is where I asked about Justin Jefferson, is different because total points matter. I would imagine mm-hmm. in the case of Justin Jefferson, in most scenarios, you would not want to give him up. But a guy like James Conner, though, like mm-hmm. going to miss at least two games. That offense is really bad anyway. Can you? Can it, Would it be okay to get pieces to start now for a guy rest of season that maybe is going to be a confident running back two for you moving forward in mm-hmm. the case of Conner? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so what did we t- what did we discuss here? I said I would give up Justin Jefferson. I've got him in a couple leagues. No trading in Fishbowl, unfortunately. But in Stake League, our 14-team our league, where I need some points, now I'm about to start Trey Palmer. I said that I would give up Jefferson for Drake London, maybe with a small kicker on top um, to help sweeten the pot here. But that seems like a fair deal uh, if you can stomach it. Drake London's actually been... Um, I mean, you have to discount like his week one and two, but in the last five weeks, he's been a top... 10, I think, something like that. So he, so he's been good. I, I, I look to acquire him. And, th- and there's a few more other players. What are some offers that you were fielding? Yeah, I had said, uh, so like James Conner, just for example, would you go ahead and send out uh, Jamison Williams? I have him on my roster right now. You're, you're not excited to start Jamison Williams, but there are weeks, and when they happen, mm-hmm. you're getting a wide receiver one on your team. Yeah. Uh, Jamison's but one bad week duds. from a cut for me. I'm about ready to cut bait. Yeah. I lost – by a very small amount of points in a league in a 16-teamer where I took a zero from Jamison Williams in which I thought, well, they're getting their ass handed to him. They're going to go ahead and um, and throw the ball the rest of this half. But, uh, no, they gave all of those targets to Amon Ra, leaving him out here in, in the fourth quarter. Anyway, rant aside, um, he, he's a week away from being rage dropped. But uh, The offer case, that I had in Stake League, and I, I, it's tough, again, because total points really matter in that format, whereas a lot of these other ones wouldn't. It was... Drake London and Cortland Sutton for Justin Jefferson and James Conner. Two guys on injured reserve. There are no injured reserve spots on stake league. And maybe you have some leagues out there where that is the case, where there are no injured reserve spots. I, if you need two starters and you're going to have them for multiple weeks, we have all those guys for the rest of the season, but Jefferson and James Conner are missing at least the next two weeks of the season, at least. that I, You have to check. I think you have to do your due diligence mm-hmm. in every fantasy league moving forward and asking yeah. those guys, who have some of these valuable injured reserve spots, mm-hmm. can you afford to keep sitting on them? Because chances yeah. are they can't. So I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, like a week or so ago, I was thinking, man, if the Vikings keep losing and they're out of it and Justin Jefferson is even the least bit banged up, I he, he didn't get the extension that he was getting last year. Yep. And so I, my thought process was, um, man, he might not come back and play again. But then I did watch all the Monday Night Football game last night. And after Kirk Cousins, you know, they won the game in the postgame presser, Jefferson came out to him 
looking happy, cordial, friendly, put a yep. diamond the, the top chain. ten chain on him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The top ten chain, um, right on on Cousins, and that looks to me at least like a team with chemistry with some fight left in them. So I think Justin Jefferson will actually uh, make an effort to come back this year. Um, when you know, I guess we'll wait and see. So suddenly there's more value. Uh, that it's so weird, but that small gesture gives him more value in my eyes than I did than I did a couple weeks ago. Am I still looking to unload him for players I can start that aren't Trey Palmer this? week for example yes real quick because i i, I want to go to the james connor discussion i think that's that's more relevant for other people out there if you had james connor would you want would you take michael thomas for him yes okay i'm going through our list here would you take uh let uh, romeo dobbs i think that's a yes obviously yes. right yes would you take deontay johnson deontay johnson yes if okay, it's ppr and the, and the last one would be Jahan dotson no Okay, so I, I would agree with you. I feel like I'm like the the eye doctor going through it. Does this work? Does this work? I actually like that game because they're quick hitters. I don't have a lot to th- lot of time to think about it. <laughs> okay, and typically those are the, it's the gut reactions. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was right around our water receiver 35. It's beginning of the season, and I mm-hmm. and I try to be, beginning of the season. So uh, something to keep in mind. Xavier Hurst, this is a, this perfect question. <laughs> would you guys consider trading Bijan Robinson for Kyron Williams and Devon Achan? He has Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson as his typical starters until those two guys come back. Another two that are on injury reserve right now that you could consider. I would absolutely keep Bijan. I know we had some weird illness sick, situation though, this He's week. Sick. He's sick. Yeah, so is Arthur Smith. Um, <laughs> In the head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would, I would, I want the Bijan side. Bijan looks like a top ten running back when he's healthy. And so why you're getting quantity over quality here? Um, and you already have a couple of decent backs that are startable, so I'd, um... I might just I might just be wrong in this the entire season, but I I'm not that interested in Devon Achan. I understand that he was fantastic and electric when he was healthy. He still wasn't getting a whole lot of the workload. I had said he's essentially a backup to Raheem Mostert. That wasn't true, but I also think I'd rather have James Conner rest of season than uh, Devon Achan. And frankly, Kyron Williams is going to be out another three weeks. James Conner is going to be back in two. Like there there does become a bit of a difference in that one game missed plus. The bye week, which we mentioned for the Rams, that comes in week 10. I would rather hold on to Bijan Robinson as well over those two injured reserve guys. But I like that thinking. If you guys have any other injured reserve player questions, we'd love to answer them on Twitter. Again, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports Jake at Roto Jake. That does it for us on the week eight edition of the Roto NFL podcast. If you like what we're doing, especially the top five program, let us know as well. Uh, and uh, best of luck in your fantasy lineups this week.